एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं शर्मा but his passion to build something meaningful made him quit the job offered to him on campus to start up his own venture with his batchmate and that too in a challenging sector like drones manufacturing and that too way back in 2007 over the next 9 years they built a world class drones company that beat much larger global rivals to win defense and government contracts eventually getting acquired by the tata group in 2015 in his current venture workex Nimish is no less ambitious as he is tackling the problem of lack of trust in the blue collar and entry level employment space by building a full stack solution to help employers to hire, manage and engage an A team of workers through a single platform. Listen on as Nimish tells Akshay Dutt about building WorkEx. So Nimish tell me about your dad like where is your family from basically I'm born and brought up uh, in Kota Rajasthan Kota Rajasthan uh, Kota is popularly known for competitive exam preparation specifically JE my father was an engineer a uh, civil engineer uh, he was a guy who was a government servant working for irrigation department he was one of those guys who worked on indira gandhi canal and what i loved and learned was that he used to love engineering drawings and design and i developed interest to fly paper planes there from him <laughs> okay so it uh, comes from a very humble background my mother is a sanskrit and hindi teacher and uh, i have an elder brother who is also an engineer from it kanpur so you grew up in a pretty academic environment like academics must have been important yeah in up. typical middle classes basically if you study well you have to perform well and that's how your uh, career is going to be defined through that so was a decent good boy kind of uh, a person uh, sincere one but always curious and uh, you joined classes at kota for uh, the entrance exam so in, uh, being in kota is uh, there's a culture but uh, it was long back uh, kota was not popularly known for coaching it was just starting then and uh, whether it was various other competitive exams before je before uh, like national talent search examination etc everything was coming uh, on the way and it's basically you need to do that and always question would you qualify or not so i have lived that uh, journey it was a kind of a journey where i did not like the format of education then and always curiosity was the driving force to just come out educated more rather than uh, accumulating information Okay, so what were those uh, years at IIT Kanpur like for you? This would have been first time living away from home in a hostile environment. So moving from Kota to Kanpur again, my elder brother did his uh, chemical engineering from there. So it was a kind of a rat race following that if you go to uh, this college, uh, then there is a prestige associated with this. But there was another angle. I come from a humble family. The fees at the college was really low, so that was one of the motivations. 
landing at IIT, uh, first year was something that everyone is coming with a decent background academically. So that loss of identity of what you have accomplished before was really humbling as well as gratifying also. That there is no more comparison, there is no more thing, but always competition is now going to be lived more than what has been lived so far. So that was the journey there. And after one year, I was under a crisis that what am I doing here? Because my life since till now has been something following, 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 uh, just keeping up the matrices of uh, the math and performance, etc. So I landed in aerospace engineering. And there is a connection that I used to love uh, making paper planes, hundreds of them. And used to fly from uh, various heights. And I used to love the flight. And uh, that's how there is a natural connection there. And uh, I uh, had a huge impact because of the Kargil War. I don't know why and how, but uh, it's basically since the childhood, uh, Doordarshan's impact or the family's impact, uh, mother being an academician, that I love my nation like crazy. And I wanted to contribute and landed in aerospace. And then I realized in first year that there is nothing in this being taught where I could actually come out as an engineer. So there is nothing hands-on. So I joined the uh, aeromodeling club and in the first year itself, I was made the coordinator because there was nobody doing that job. And the seniors who were uh, who were in final year were the coordinators and they handed over the keys. And I found that it's a dirty place. Let me just start from cleaning it up. And then I thought that I don't know anything about how planes fly. So I learned it on my own. A professor gave me an opportunity to go to Bangalore and learn flying. Wow. Like pilot lessons you took? Yes. So I went through that, came back, revived the entire club. But again, that sentiment of what am I learning and how, what am I going to come out, whether am I going to come out as an engineer or not? Because everyone was talking about the career ahead. Living in now was not happening at all. And that was my crisis. And the second thing that uh, am I be able to contribute as an engineer to a nation or to even justify my own self-being and what am I doing? So I found really good senior who was a real techie in his third year. And I found one professor, uh, Professor Ghosh, who was into missiles. And he worked with Professor Kalam. He worked on India's missiles, etc. And he was the only guy from the industry. So he took lessons of mine, of design, etc. In, sec- in my second year itself, which used to be a final year thing, and he used to coach me. And he had a huge impact. And I consider uh, him my guru. And I spent next three years developing drones in IIT. Wow. And I'm talking 2003 to 2006. And that was some amazing journey I had. That it's not just course anymore. I will take on my own courses. And I, there is a room out there that something can be done. IIT Kanpur has a really good flight lab. So what Professor Ghosh did was he gave me his flight lab uh, keys and beta yetera R and D cell. And in that R and D cell, I organized the entire thing and I start building stuff. And we did not have components to the material which is required for it to be built. I spent around six months there creating that workshop to creating the first air model uh, with the lessons given by the professor. I flew it around 20, 30 times and every time it crashed. Once it crashes, it's like uh, you are having a small heart attack. You build for 10, 20, 30 hours, then you fly, then you crash. So that was uh, those were the initial days where I learned uh, perseverance in a true way. 
that uh, and what uh, my professor taught me that uh, love the tools uh, have respect for the technicians more than the engineers because technicians actually help build and they really build so that knowledge of how things are built that came from there and that grit of each time it break you have to just build it all over again and one fine evening you uh, it took off and it took off so beautifully it was our tears and eyes of the entire group as well as my professor and still that if i remember that day there are good people and my professor was really strict really strict as in he was a young professor and then and uh, he used to just say that you can't lose stuff and you need to understand so root cause analysis and understand from understood from there and then uh, he then started sharing that what you just did uh, in past 15 years in this institute which is considered be the number one institute nothing of this sort has happened before he never revealed that to me before that and then my wingmates used to just come around see what exactly is going on what is your pursuit and they started joining hands and we formed a team and from there on uh, in a theory senior year dissertation that was the best uh, project award so my mother was invited by the director and i got the gold medal there and then no. the entire faculty of aerospace department said that this is something that you have worked on 10 such projects combined together and something coming out of bachelor's technical project is something really remarkable and should not be left there so what was the final project so final project was to develop a medium altitude medium endurance tactical unmanned aerial vehicle what does that mean there a lot of jargon basically you can do reconnaissance and surveillance with that okay so uh, a drone which can have a camera yeah. on it which can be remotely navigated and it will beam back the images or what us time pe to yeah, wo, right. uh, mobile kuch nahi hota tha so nothing was available there so right from communication and we are talking for uh, as an engineering project it was not a hobby uh, kind of a demonstration thing we developed the 15 kg bird with the uh, capacity of taking off uh, with a 4 kg payload and you can load anything and everything uh, electro optical cameras are one of those and you can use it for civilian purposes military purposes etc so that becoming a vehicle of a sort which can be configured for various things so i'm talking about going really at, uh, as an engineer on specking out things so i learned my product design through aircraft design and those uh, and in those days there was nothing available on the internet also that you can copy there was no open source project so everything right. was from first fundamental level of physics hmm. Hmm. so that was quite a journey and then uh, i thought that what is next i wanted to take it to a level where uh, it can be handed over to folks and various departments for uh, exploration and then came a time we were a team of around 5 6 guys uh, aerospace engineers electrical computer science and we were collectively working on it and then few had their masters to be done and uh, there was a juncture that what next we are not able to take it up and i did not sit for any placement company interviews etc then the team pushed me that this may not be the right time and with a very low heart i just had to pick up a job and move there and after 3 months i got a call that this is not working as in we created such a brilliant thing and we should take it forward 
got a call from so one of my previous co-founders so this company that we incorporated my first venture was Orion Integrated Systems your batchmates who were working with you he was one of them yes batchmates became wingmates and then uh, roommates okay then uh, they called me and they said that we should do it so i was into job uh, for over 3 months only and i was working as a yield management analyst for an airlines to maximize their revenue and i was so feeling bad that my entire three years i dedicatedly do that and i loved it every bit and i did my internship also in the similar domain of understanding the entire data fusion to writing filters controls so i am a controls guy uh, also con- uh, control systems system engineering guy so these all things were learned during college in a very practical scenario so i did my internship in ren france where i worked on airbus project okay. structural health monitoring etc so i don't yeah. want to go there it becomes really techy and wrote a typically paper also on that so the entire uh, skill set got developed and that happened which takes around 10 years it happened in just 3 years right with that confidence and then uh, as they called me i quit my job i came back to india in a week's time okay your your job was in uh, gulf uh uae uh, abu dhabi specifically i was working for etihad airways so okay. uh, if you are a control systems guy you know the entire popularly known as ai and ml these days so that is taught there uh, itself if you are into those things so hence that helped me at etihad though it was just a very short stint and i came back and then uh, we started that uh, it took us around 5 to 6 months in the incubation center of it kanpur that we configured the another who is we here like how many of you were there so we were seven uh okay. two from uh, aerospace including me two from electrical uh two from computer science and one from mechanical and all of you were like uh, who had completed your btech like you all left your jobs and came back to do this or or your masters yes. course so another friend our co-founder he quit his job in tata motors the guys had offered they declined their offer and the teammate is from mechanical he quit his mba in engineering because the cause was really good again all shared that bit of that we should contribute and uh, contribute and uh, just uh, prove ourselves as a two engineers also to ourselves as well as to the nation and let us add to that because during kargil war it was like that we did not have roads so that was a huge impact and that just connected us together and then magic happened uh, iit kanpur uh, like funded you like uh, uh, or they just gave space and like what was it like so uh, they gave us this space to park ourselves we had flight lab professor ghosh supported us on that front but there was no money then uh, real magic happened that uh, ram who was at iim lucknow uh, he was being interviewed for tata administrative services and uh, ashish tyagi who was the heading tata industries there with mr chokkar being the director and then while the interview raman said that i am founding this company together with my friend and though i can take up this internship but i'm not going to be joining i would be starting up so the conversation then moved towards that tata group into aerospace and envisaging drones and these kids right after college are having so much of enthusiasm and just got recognized for the development on uh, unmanned aerial vehicle drones during from iit kanpur so that was a huge impact story for them and ashish then quickly checked with mr tata 
and we had to just write business plan etc this is something happening the wheel turning on it so then uh, uh, what i gathered from ashu is that mr carter's words were that if we don't who will and we should and that's how in early 2007 we got funded with a million dollars from tata inc wow so that was the initial journey of taking off from the concept to taking making it happen and living the journey of fundraise to that but it was all organic never thought of being an entrepreneur at all hmm. and just uh, finding the purpose and being real and thorough with that hmm. how much uh, stake did tata take for that 1 million oh it was back then there was no vc money etc uh, it was uh, around 40% it was a high stake taking so then ministry of science and technology also did a soft loan of a million dollars okay so we were able to get the capital there in place create product and then we were deployed so if i have to say long story short our systems are deployed in northern command southern command and southern command of our country well and i'm talking 2002 2006 at that mm. point of time there was no vc money there was no mm. vision and this being a b2g business business mm. to government Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. no if i if somebody has to think of about this today it's not the space that one would go right so how long did it take you to launch your first product like you know 2007 you got funded then from 7 till your product launch how long was that journey so that was also beautiful it was a term that a small portion of the funding is going to be given first as an investment and in 4 months you have to fly the entire bird autonomous and okay so we took 4 months day in day out Uh, so that became a kind of a culture that sleepless nights etc can't make a mistake if you make a mistake you have to crash you crash again hmm. then you uh, gather the debris put it together and then next day go back again so in 4 months the development of the product took place but a product to ship to the market took around an year and a half because you have to do it in mass production so you have to have like different designing one versus producing hundreds correct so we talk of ux being so important these days our required design requirement was that a 10th pass sipahi can actually launch that drone on his or her own hmm. and understand uh, that directly taking the inputs from uh, touchpad based uh, okay tablet and we are talking 2007 uh, at that point of time going by creating something on a ux front to be so simple that anybody can fly and then targeting so vision processing also came in so it became really complex that vehicle dynamics is one part another part is uh, locking on to the target time to target coming back the entire battery management so it was uh, really really uh, tech intensive and the beauty was that uh, we had to reinvent the entire structural part because every time it lands in an unprepared ground you can't just keep on repairing the stuff so it has to be modular it has to undergo and take the impacts and deliver what is needed is the tracking bit uh, during this journey was it funding itself through revenue or did you raise more funds after that so we raised in 2007 hmm. and then we raised in 2012 so we were uh, participating in large uh, value trials which had a huge fund what does that mean large value trial we are talking about hundreds of crores thousands of crores worth of procurement 
Okay. And then came a situation that how we can actually bid for this, being a small company. And then Tata Advanced Systems in 2012 took a majority stake where uh, Tata Industries had 42%. They took it uh, up to 72-74%. So the uh, mandate became clear that uh, to us also that group needs control. And we also founded Student because the business cycle is capital intensive. And once you win a tender, you have to service this for 10 to 15 years. So group, Tata Group is a magnanimous group. And the values match in a sense that the most ethical and very relevant to society in a, in a way that of impact. So we found good partners in our investors on the value system side. And we took a call that in, 2000, in 2012, they took a majority. In 2015, we exited. And by then, our systems were deployed there and way larger value uh, orders were coming in. So that was a take uh, and you were essentially like the CEO till 2015. Yeah, I was the managing director. I started it, but it was Raman who was the CEO because I wanted to just focus myself on the development and the operations bit and making it happen. Okay. And Raman was doing the commercial, the, the business. Yes, commercial okay. and investor relations. So that was then till 2015. So in 15, uh, why did you leave? I mean, you could have continued as a managing director of a Tata Group company. So that fancy I did not have. As I shared before, uh, I was about to say that I had no inkling towards a corporate culture or uh, becoming a businessman or being uh, at a senior position. So then came in the next phase of my life. I have been living this for over a decade now. And what is next? If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion-dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. So, 15 then, what did you decide to do next? You know, you got an exit from your venture and then what next? So then I was in a different phase hmm. that what I thought of as an 18, 20 year old, now after being at around 28, 30, what exactly now is the phase? So I thought that I have not developed a business which is scalable and of high impact at the larger one. So I got the opportunity at that point of time from delivery, which was into e-commerce logistics then in 2015. So I was given a job to cross-utilize various services and functions, bring down the cost and come up with new business verticals. And after four months of studying the entire network, proposed a new network with modes of transport being different. From air moving to ground, as in from moving in shipments in airlines to moving shipments in trucks, and optimize that. So by tracking, that means like that full truck load uh, transportation, that business. Less than truck load, full truck load, part truck load, uh, optimizing. So we deployed a capacitated time-based uh, optimization approach in the uh, system itself. On top of the ERP of delivery, we created transport management. And with that transport management system, the entire visibility to turn down service level impact, that thing happened. It was great of Sahil to give me that kind of opportunity and uh, standing by the idea and taking the company fourfold from there on. Wow. And this I was able to achieve in just two years' time. 
and it was around eight months of development, and then around six to eight months of deployment. There, I realized the entire scale impact and creating the entire revenue stream from. So there was no funding uh, per se. We were a team of small, around eight to ten guys, and we were doing analytics, we were doing tech, we were doing product, we were uh, deploying on the uh, process part ourselves. So we were building, operating, and transferring it to the larger team. Okay. And okay. so a handful of team impacting more than uh, a way larger team. So that was my journey there. Why did you decide to move on? So a startup for me happened. I never planned for a startup. So I'm uh, in a typical startup entrepreneurship terms. I'm not uh, following that for a uh, pursuit of uh, that I want to uh, be going in a certain format of doing things this way. First thing is why to start up is fundamentally that the problem uh, is very close to your heart. Right. So what triggered in delivery was something that I experienced in my early life. So I'm from Kota, Rajasthan, and Kota used to be an industrial hub. I've seen companies shutting down and thousands of people uh, getting out of jobs. And that uh, state uh, made me feel really bad. I mean, had a very huge impact on me that uh, I have seen the transformation that if education did not have, had not happened to Kota, then there were thousands of families, uh, JK shutdown, uh, IL shutdown, uh, uh, so, so many companies shut down and there were thousands of jobless people in their mid-30s, mid-40s. And I, uh, they had kids uh, in my class. As in, I was studying with them and I was just seeing it all around. So education industry actually helped Kota Kopa. But at delivery, what happened to me, I used to uh, be there at hub, at delivery centers. I found uh, the company is growing rapidly. Then the guy here has no trust because we had around 40, 50 odd uh, staffing partners and who were supposed to hire and manage the workforce. This is like largely the blue collar workforce, like warehouse and logistics. Yes. So at that point of time, delivery had around 15,000 workforce uh, and currently around 35,000. So while working, so while I was deploying my system and working closely, and uh, at that point of time, moving, uh, whether it was a warehouse or the last mile delivery, there there used to be a lot of attrition. And these vendors were supposed to just bridge the gap. So as per uh, International Labor Organization, around 90% of our enterprise workforce do not have a written contract. Yeah, right. So this is where it is spinning off from. This is a problem that government is dealing with uh, and has been dealing with for really long, that whether it's a jobs problem, whether it's a recognition problem. So for us, it was just three things functionally that I was able to decipher. That sourcing, hiring, and managing uh, platform is required, and it is now possible after 2017, before 2017, it was not possible. Because of internet penetration. Internet penetration, smartphone adoption. What motivated me that there is a huge gap uh, of trust. Trust can be bridged through transparency. Transparency can uh, and scale can come through tech. And as a job seeker moves uh, to a particular job, and from there, they move to another job. So this transition... And trust to come in 
it requires a platform format and hence uh, uh, worker stands as an online staffing platform so that there is an entire journey of a person which is tracked all through and this is what is very essential that the entire uh, process of walking through mutually is transparent and which brings in integrity and dignity for both the sides and which opens up doors for uh, through this recognition of financial inclusion of a very large workforce of our country and nation so i believe that uh, innovation uh, is achieved through problem solving and one day uh, innovation happens if you work on a problem but adoption happens during crisis so what was version one like version one of your product that you you know tell me about what you launched our go to market so uh, we thought that we are going to be building a platform which can does uh, which can impart sourcing at scale digitally internet based uh, can uh, enable screening hiring uh, of uh, the workforce then managing the workforce their entire uh, payouts to attendance etc so we uh, started from a front of uh, in february 2017 we worked till april and created a management solution that you can manage your vendors you can manage your workforce we got a pushback in early 2017 that uh, the vendors did not want this transparency to be there i want to understand this better that version 1 which you launched uh, what was it like was it a like a ats the applicant tracking system in which vendors can upload profiles which the company can see and then can do interview and then release an offer letter was that what you did like for staffing vendors to share profiles with employers so not uh, we did not start from the hiring bit we started from the manage bit that they can mark their attendance they can have their aadhaar there they can uh, get their payouts from it it is like a payroll payroll platform yeah payroll part but the visibility with the principal employer that you are working for pay, uh, paytm you are working for tata chemical or you are working for a large uh, company enterprise and you get the visibility of your workforce and you get your, the uh, management of your vendors that they are passing on the benefits to the uh, workforce or not and then there was a pushback from the vendors so uh, this pushback that vendor did not want this transparency to be there and principal employer wanted it so clients wanted it but the adoption took a uh, pushback from there so we went back to the design desk uh, and we thought that we should break the problem down of sourcing and hiring and management separate because here the supply is the king as in if we can source right and if we can source in large volume and if we can filter those so we then worked on sourcing and hiring first because if you can do sourcing and hiring then you don't need vendors you don't need vendors step in the door is there uh, right. and uh, you have a leverage so we worked with the matrix of time to hire should be very least and cost of hiring should be least so with that we uh, started working on it and we started uh, with the first launch of 15% match rate so this is not a search based market this is a discovery based market so here a person doesn't know how to search for job like if you go to various job boards if there is a job for android developer sales guy can also make an application huh, right it will yeah. not stop you so yeah. not a resume database kind of a format but a format where the matching is taken care of what is the pricing for 
per self service like so uh, in 200 bucks you can hire uh, at least one staff you can hire more also so uh, like you know uh, in uh, 2019 years when like the revenue journey started uh, uh, what was that revenue journey like for you so we uh, started with uh, around uh, clocking we started with around 10 lakhs a month uh, from september of 2019 taking it up to around uh, 70 lakhs in uh, november then around 85 90 lakhs in december so this is how our journey and uh, we got our first uh, interest on fundraise so we started in late december we closed uh, it in the first two weeks of january uh, interest for investment how much uh, did you raise then so in series a we raised uh, uh, 4 million dollars it was led by joe hirao when uh, he runs a platform called big xn uh, big xn is a live media platform into real estate jobs uh, automobiles etc and so listed entity in japan so joe sang has been in this space in uh, japan and he runs a billion dollar staffing business also and uh, okay 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 and what he uh, liked was that you have automated the entire hiring process this is something that uh, we should take it to japan so it is a global product and you should scale first and then uh, uh, pravega uh, participated in that round uh, and then michael and suzel del foundation like the entire uh, how the hiring in this respect uh, in this uh, is scrapped by workers so we raised the 4 okay. million round by april uh, of 2019 okay before covid uh, so uh, this uh, managing the workforce platform uh, who is responsible for payrolls like the they are on the company's payroll or they are on your payroll so we then behave like a pass through vehicle Uh, that you have to pay this workforce, and we are your pass-through vehicle for it on distribution of the payouts. So, in various for- formats, whether it's on a task basis format that you have to pay the workers on, say, for say, per delivery basis, or per say, uh, per item sale done, or or it is the time effort that you have come, you just come for uh, one shift, or you come uh, for one and a half shift. So on a shift basis, so these all formats are taken care of, and we are your pass-through vehicles as a solution uh, to manage your workforce, to manage your entire compliance also, for the same. These are all then gig workers. They are not like in an employment contract with a fixed monthly salary and a PF and all that. You are not into that space. So that's what. Uh, so contract staffing is one. Independent contractor management is one. Managing the task base. a uh, worker is a gig based worker so we are in all three of them and uh, okay you are in and if okay. you have a permanent staff you just want to go for hire and if you want to ma- manage your uh, workforce to work at solution so that you get the benefit so based on that the pricing is there say for take if it is 100 then it is around 80 then uh, the next one is 60 and the uh, lowest one is then 20 so given this you get the feel of it and you always then be on the uh, workex platform and the common denominator uh, is the workforce through the platform that you have assurance of 
Okay. And uh, uh, what do you charge uh, for each of these formats? Like, is it a percentage of salary or is it a fixed rupee value? So, a mix of both. Uh, On a task-based level, we charge uh, per task basis. Uh, on a uh, time-based format, we charge on a percentage. Like basis. percentage or fixed? On a task base, like for gig worker, uh, in that uh, case, we have a kind of a rate format that if the person is getting this much and the value is here, then there's going to be a rate charge for it. In case of time-based uh, one, we have a... Durate- what, what are the rates? like? So in case, broad. In case of time-based, uh, it is around 5% to around uh, 12 to 15% there. Depending on the length of the contract, if it's for longer, then the percentage is lower and uh, it's a recurring revenue. If it's a, for a shorter contra- uh, duration, then we charge more and hence uh, the worker also gets paid more. In a gig format, if a gig worker is earning around 200 bucks, uh, then we are charging around uh, 80 to 100 bucks. Uh, this, gig, this is the task base, like 80 to yeah. 100 per, per task? task. Like a delivery boy okay. is doing a delivery, okay. uh, then that person gets around 30 bucks, 40 bucks is the charge. So there on that, on a per unit basis, the charging. Then, So what do you charge there uh, on the per unit basis, per task? So uh, there the margins are higher as in like uh, if the worker is getting paid around 200 bucks for a task, then we charge around uh, 80 to 100 bucks. Okay. Uh, and this is paid by the employer. So, so, so the employer will end up paying we get 300. Paid, we pay them. Okay, okay, okay. So the employer is still paying 200, but out of that 280, you keep and 120 goes. No, no. Uh, like the employer is paying 300. 200 is going to the gate worker. 100 is okay. what we actually pay. Okay. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. 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 So uh, about like 30% or like, okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. And for the uh, uh, contractual uh, workers, like where they are like on fixed monthly uh, kind of a salary, what do you charge there? Uh, somewhere between uh, 5% to around 12, 13%. But this is... Uh, Again, depending on the duration. Exactly. The shorter the duration, the higher the charges. Longer the duration, the recurring revenue. So if you look at the CAC versus LTV, so LTV, uh, though the uh, the gross margin is lower, but the LTV is very high. It's a stickery revenue. In case of uh, gigs, etc., the volumes are seasonal, but again, they yield more gross margin. Hmm, 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 hmm. Okay, okay, got it. So, so now tell me about COVID. What happened during COVID? So during COVID, we lost around sixty percent of our workforce last year. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Because uncertainty being there and clients uh, having hmm. kind of a complete, complete lockdown, lockdown yeah. when it's going to open up. People exactly. going back to their villages. So it took us yeah. around, uh, yeah. in yeah. three months' time, we got reduced to around 40% of where we were. From 3 million ARR hmm. to again hmm. dropping it down. And then it took us around two months. 3 million ARR, this is like and a monthly uh, the $3 million revenue, $3 annually, million annual run rate we were there. We, okay, annual run rate. Okay. So we were there uh, at that point around two and a half crores somewhere there, and then uh, one yeah, and then it got reduced uh, to around forty percent of this, and then it took us once the lockdown opened up. So it was then uh, in June 
we uh, got back to around 80% of where we were because the entire hosting okay. is digital so we were able to get the workforce back again and uh, by uh, august again we were there at where we were to around 95% because there was a lot of uh, re uh, ordering in the market in various sectors it happened that logistics uh, increased and then uh, lots of the things decreased so there was uh, entirely a new uh, format but what worked for us was basically that now everyone wants to go digital so they realized so what i was sharing before that uh, innovation happens then adoption happens during crisis increases drastically yeah. Yeah. right right so like mm-hmm. uh, during world war 2 it happened uh, for various inventions which were there in late 1800 and similarly uh, here like many of the startups uh, got tailwinds because of covid so it was a blessing in disguise yes. that way so migration happened people lost job and uh, companies had to just come back to the regular business order and they had to hire back again so hence uh, workex uh, entire system on the hiring front uh, that magic happened then so the confidence increased drastically both for the clients as well as uh, for the workforce and then uh, we uh, productized this entire management which was sitting alone and brought it there on the marketplace of our hiring and we combined so we uh, alone in the market offer on the marketplace side both hiring hiring and the management of the workforce in a single unified platform because job seeker is a state staff is a state people uh, move from job to job and their duration to their records getting created to businesses trusting them and finding and joining this broken ecosystem this done uh, is the approach from here on that we have completed our stack of hiring and management of workforce and being agnostic of the format of engagement and true identity getting created so last year we supported during covid and how uh, the trust uh, plays so crucial role we uh, gave insurance benefits etc uh, to our workforce which was managed by us. okay and then that is also a revenue contributor but uh, let me share that story that a truck driver met an accident and the guy was taken to a really decent hospital and the coverage happened and that experience and the humbling experience of that insurance was not that costly it was just 350 bucks but the experience during those times that uh, the person did not have money or did not have the job then and the treatment and him coming out and going back to uh, working so these experiences uh, we have a feedback loop in our platform where uh, people who get hired share their videos a guy uh, having who developed during covid addiction uh, alcoholism and sharing that i got my integrity back to getting this job and getting paid and my recognition and my self confidence is back again so this is what that keeps us running and motivated that we are in a space and that has uh, such a huge scale to bring in uh, 
the trust which is needed and this is uh, our nation's identity that being a consumer economy and a large uh, portion of population which contributes directly to a double uh, digit gdp if that comes uh, and uh, on a platform and is recognized then this is a uh, this is uh, something of the largest value i don't want to put a number to it on the valuation front to uh, anything the 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 impact uh, and unlocking of the economy is uh, of the highest order we are the human uh, resource capital of the world hmm. right right so uh, like uh, um, the job seeker will have a single app for both searching for jobs and also for uh, managing his employment or are these different apps so once you are managed you don't get an option to actually look out for jobs okay so that's uh, but uh, it is human tendency na i mean you would want to search for then what do they do do they like create another account to look for a job or what like? so uh, on the ip level or you are having dual sim etc you try it but uh, it doesn't allow you if you are managed uh, through a workex platform you can always quit and search so this is uh, you can go uh, so in job search market you can be there or you can uh, go through referral etc but creation of identity requires this uh, to for the trust to come in maybe eventually we can uh, give that option but again uh, on a trust front trust to be built and it has to be done honestly and thoroughly uh staff uh, getting matched uh, being managed uh, is not given an option to look for job on work okay so the app is the same only there's no single but they don't see the search no. okay they don't see the search job uh, interface yes. okay 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 so phone number is and uh, okay phone number is the identifier okay and uh, like uh, when somebody is searching for a job at that stage do they have to like upload an aadhar or some uh, identity proof or that happens once they get employed so once uh, a person is uh, shortlisted and offered from there uh, the documentation hmm. journey starts that you share your aadhar your bank okay. details we take that we have background hmm. verification hmm. apis with us we onboard the person hmm. with the due hmm. records and maintain them Hmm. Okay. 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 Uh, how do you do background verification? Like uh, just confirming that this Aadhaar is genuine? Or yes, what? we have integrated the Aadhaar API background verification on the address front. Uh, so that is uh, we have integrated in our platform. Okay. 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 Got it. Okay. And uh, for an employer, uh, what is the journey for them? Like they also have a mobile app. I, I, probably they would have a desktop Both. app also, right? Because so. Uh, on a quick front level that uh, whether you are a large company or a small company uh, the workforce the portion of workforce large or small there is a hierarchy there so you manage them so you need a phone then if you have to manage your team you have a web interface also so uh, you manage in what sense like to see how many people yes. are present today of how their okay. performance is going so what i was trying to communicate was that trust is built through performance so that engagement loop that you asked me about that was the part that the recognition so uh, 
if I'm managing a floor of around 20 guys, then uh, I know their details right there in my app, but I need a larger uh, uh, interface once I have to take actions further beyond. So both web and app, uh, quick action space, uh, you require an app to be there to have that visibility. If you see a person has not appeared and you want that person, you want to communicate uh, with that person uh, pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, so you can send a message. You can send a message. You can directly call from there. Okay. So this, uh, the mobile app on the business side gives the command and control. Uh, and then the execution and orchestration, that shift rotation to managing the payouts and ma uh, taking actions on having a collective view of about analytics status to the web. Hmm. Okay. And uh, what about things like somebody applying for a leave and all that yes. also is on yes. Vertex? Like so, people who are on... So that is also there. So uh, why we have amalgamated so many things into simple actions? If, if these simple actions are taken, majority of the things uh, are addressed that you need not have to end at the uh, uh, work at the end of the month. Everything is distributed throughout uh, the process and with various players. Otherwise, the reconciliation process to taking an action and creating a collated view is not at all possible. And then either you overhire or you underhire the relationship uh, with the staff and staff relationship with business, then goes for a down. Mm -hmm. It has been distributed okay. activity okay. throughout the month or throughout the business cycle. And you know uh, that uh, the management accuracy increases drastically. What are the goals that you set for yourself? We gun for uh, WorkX to be known as the brand of trust for businesses and the workforce simultaneously that this is a medium of fairness this is a medium of growth and recognition to uh, service as a large scale. So that was Nimish Sharma telling Akshay Dutt about how he built WorkX. To know more or to use their services, log on to workx.jobs. This episode of Founder Thesis Podcast is brought to you by Long Haul Ventures. Long Haul Ventures is the long haul partner for founders and startups that are building for the long haul. More about them is at www.longhaulventures.com.